Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. I love this article. Three key characteristics of end times prayer movement. Number one, the end time prayer movement will be God-centered. It's not about personalities, you know. I, I think there's some great ministers in the body of Christ, but it's almost like idol worship or something, you know. That's not what we're about. It needs to be God, Christ centered. The second thing is the end time prayer movement will be relational. What does that mean? That we love God and God loves us. It's relational in that way. All right? And then this third, this is be real quick. The end time prayer movement, parentheses, worship element will be continual. And if you look in Isaiah 62, 6, let's just put that up there. Can you do that? Isaiah 62, 6. And let's just look at that because they're tying the end time prayer movement and worship together. Now listen to this. I have set a watchman upon thy walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never hold their peace day nor night. You that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence. That is continual prayer. If you read that in another uh, translation, but we're not going to do that tonight, <clears throat> you can see what they're talking about here. And as the worship order around God's throne in heaven is continual, so worship on the earth will be continual in many nations before Jesus returns. Have you noticed what God is doing here, how worship is a part of the prayer? Well, if you think about it, worship is prayer. I'm, I want to talk about that tonight. I don't know how, if I'll have time to say that. But worship is prayer. And see, God has opened us up to some, a new thing for us. It's a new thing for us. And singing and worship in our prayers is very scriptural. It's very scriptural. So what God is doing, see, I, there have been times over the years when we, we begin to, you know, to go in and press into that. And I just feel people like, well, we didn't come here for this. We came to pray. It's like, I just want to shake them. <laughs> it's like, do you not know we're cooperating with the Holy Spirit here and we are praying? Well, let's get on with it. Allow the Holy Spirit to use you, to use us as a group to press on in in our praying, in our worship, in our exaltation of the Lord. Amen. So I like that when I read about how that worship and prayer, you know, being one and the same, but in this end time prayer movement. And so what we see happening here and how we're pressing on in and pushing on in through singing and worship and exaltation to the Lord is a part of the prayer meeting in itself to accomplish God's purpose. Amen. All right, I got to be real quick. Acts 13, verse 1 and 2. Now there were in the church 
that was at Antioch, certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon, that was called Niger and Lucius and uh, Cyrene and Manian, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. Now, right now, mothers and daddies, get your names for your babies that are coming. <laughs> right now, right? No, I'm only teasing. <laughs> All right, and I could say something, but I'm not going to. But now here it is, it's very interesting. These people were in the church at Antioch. They weren't renegades, they weren't out on a, a lark. They were a part of God's church. And we all need to be connected in God's church. That's very important. Not the Lone Ranger, not out here doing something on our own, but connected and people that know us and we know them and they can stand with us and we can stand with them. Okay, so here are all these men, and they're gathered together, and the Bible says, and they ministered to the Lord and fasted as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. The Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work whereunto I have called them. Well, you see, they were in a group. They were with a group of people, and that group of people sent them out. But what I want to look at tonight, and as they ministered to the Lord. Now, it was united ministry to the Lord. It was praising the Lord. It was worshiping the Lord. It was exalting the Lord. And so that was a part of the process that was tied in with their prayer and with their fastings. And so it's the same for us today. We need to be about worshiping and praising the Lord. Now, I'll just tell you, when I grew up, that didn't take place. When I was in the church that I was in, and many of you, you don't raise your hand, but that may be of where you, they were good people, they loved God, I got born again. But as far as ministering to the Lord and fasting, really in prayer, I mean, they prayed, but it was always, if it be thy will. I never could get over that, everything. Lord, heal them, if it be thy will. Lord, provide, if it be thy will. Well, why wouldn't it be the Heavenly Father's will to provide? It would be. We just didn't know it, and they didn't know it. So I don't say that to be ugly and mean. I just say that's how it was. So the ministering to the Lord didn't take place. And I am sad to say that many times now in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, there is not ministry going forth to the Lord, and there needs to be. Every time we come together. Now, this group that's in here tonight, we don't have a problem, I don't think, for the most part with that, of entering in. And we can come in, and that's been one of the beautiful things about these 41 weeks that we've been involved in prayer, is when we come in, we don't take, you know, have to take uh, you know, two hours to get lathered up. We come in ready to worship the Lord. And that means get rid of today off of us. But ministering to the Lord, and I believe that that is why God is taking us deeper in the things of the Spirit and in this prayer, this um, end times prayer that He wants to get accomplished in His church. Because there's ministering to the Lord in the midst of the congregation. Now, I'm going to say some things here 
And, and, and that's what I'm pulling out of here tonight. And I don't have a lot of time, but I want to get this in. Put up on the screen Isaiah 56, 7. Let's look at that, okay? Isaiah 56, 7, I think, yeah. Okay. Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Okay, I want to, I just, well, I'll keep going there. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted upon mine altar. Listen to this. For thine house, mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. So prayer should be going on in the church, right? My house shall be known as a house of prayer. Well, if you look up that word prayer, now this is not the first time I've said this, but it's significant in what I'm saying tonight about ministering to the Lord. If you look at that, this has this word prayer in these places in this scripture. It has to do, listen, to intercessory song. Intercessory song. Now, you don't stop saying prayers and offering up prayers to the Lord, and all you do is sing. But at the same time, we need to know that there's prophetic song. And, I'm not, and I'll tell you, when you get in your time, your private time with the Lord, you need to know about intercessory song because God can give you something in your prayer closet that can make a deposit, bring an anointing to you that is very needed and necessary. But if you don't know this, you just run right past it. Oh, I you know, I'm not going to sing. Sometimes I'll just get a song. It's a song I know, but I'll just get a song and just sing that song when I'm with the Lord. And then more might come to it. And then a lot of times I'll be reading Psalms and tunes will come to me out of Psalms as I'm reading it. That's happened many times over the years. But this word prayer, my house shall be a house of prayer, intercessory song. This word, um, the Hebrew word is tefillah, tefillah. And it denotes a prayer set to music and sung in worship. Now, I'm going to tell you, there can be times where, where this intercessory song, where are the music guys? Intercessory song can be just music. And we've gotten into that some. It's, it's music, and it takes us somewhere. And it's prophetic, and we need to follow that. Well, see, if you're not careful, you just run right over. Oh, okay, that's good. Let's go on. You know, no, you got to see if that's what God wants, if that's where he is for the moment, if he wants to give something related to that. And then it denotes prayer set to music and sung in our worship. United worship or ministering to the Lord is not entertainment. I hate it. And over the years, I've seen it so much in this sanctuary. I've seen it so much that people come in and it's like, well, they're praise and worship and I'm not going to do that. I want to hear the word. It's like, you don't want to know what I think. <laughs> and I'm not going to say it. That is so unscriptural. 
and it's so juvenile, has no maturity to it, has no depth to it. You say, well, that's mean. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to share some things that open up. When we come in and we say it's time to worship, then we enter in. Amen. We don't enter in individually. We enter in together. This is collective worship. It's collective prayer. That's what we're doing. So it's not entertainment. It's not a spectating situation where we just watch everybody else, but we enter into it ourselves. You know, even if you don't understand a lot of things about worship and, and praise, even if you don't understand it, but, you know, if you read the book of Psalms, you'll find out some things about it. So what does worshiping and praising look like? Psalms 47.1, I'm going to go real quick. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, uh, it's time to shout. And there's something about a shout. But at the same time, there's something sometimes about being still and being quiet before the Lord. And you need to be okay to do that too. I've shared in recent times with you how the, that the Lord has really been teaching me about going into His presence and just being still. Lord, I'm here today not to ask you for anything right now. I just want to be in your presence. I receive your peace. I receive joy today. I just receive calming today. I receive your healing presence. If there's something in me, it, physical, yes, of course. But if it's beyond physical healing, if there's other things, while I spend that time in the presence of the Lord, I cannot tell you how empowering those times are for me. And see, if you're not careful, your mind will tell you, well, you're not doing anything. You're just wasting time sitting here. I rebuke you, devil. Get away from me. I mean, that's the way we need to respond to that. Amen. So you clap your hands. That's scriptural. So everybody claps their hands and we lift that up to the Lord. I loved what Charlotte Baker, who she has uh, probably gone on to be with the Lord because she's very elderly when she came here years ago and talked. And she talked about how clapping showed forth the terribleness of our God. Do you remember that? That was, that was a powerful truth that I learned from her. It shows forth in the spirit realm the terribleness of our God. And we're saying, take this, devil. <laughs> Amen. Well, y'all, okay. <laughs> and then the shouting with a voice of triumph. When you have victory, you shout, you shout, yes! Amen? And that means our enemies are subdued. When you shout, when you clap, when you praise, when you minister to the Lord. I can just see the demons of hell putting their hands over their ears saying, hush, shut up, I can't stand it. Why, it's curse words to the devil. And it glorifies God. Now, Psalms 59 Verse number 16. Let's, let's look at that. 59, 16, if you can put that up there for us. 
But I will sing of thy power, yea, I will sing aloud thy mercy in the morning, for thou hast been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. I will sing. I will sing. And you know, in another place in Isaiah, it says, sing over the barren places. What are the barren places? The barren places are dry desert. The barren places are not producing results. And he said, sing over the barren places. Well, how ridiculous to sing. You find barren places in your life in, in, you know, that are going on in situations around you. Just begin to sing of the mercy of God. Begin to sing of God's deliverance. Begin to sing. You say, that doesn't make sense. Well, I guess they thought that at Jericho too. What do you think? When they went around there and you know, then began to shout, what happened? The walls fell down. That tells us something. Amen. You need some walls to fall down? Just shout. You live in an apartment? Let them hear you shouting. <laughs> Praise the Lord as loud as you can. <laughs> if they call the police, you can explain what you're doing. <laughs> Psalms 98.1 talks about singing a new, a new song. What's that? A song you do not know. Now, you can sing a hymn, a psalm, you know, all that, but then sing a song that's a new song. It's a song in you that God drops in you or that you just have in your spirit that you want to glorify the Lord. It's a new song, and that's scriptural. Amen. Psalms uh, 104, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. The gates of the Lord are where strategies are developed. Go into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Psalms 105, 1 and 2, give thanks, call on Jesus, make his deeds known, sing to him, sing psalms to him, declare his wondrous works, the marvelous, miraculous works of Jesus Christ. And Psalms 111.1, praise him with your whole heart and with the assembly. And then we know we lift up holy hands. That's in the Bible. I'm not going to turn to it or bowing your knee. And then Psalms 149, church, be joyful in, the, in their king. Praise him in the dance. Praise him with the instruments and praise him with the high praises of God. That's how he tells us to worship and praise him. There's a time to be loud. There's a Time to be still, to be quiet, and minister to the Lord. And we need to know that those things are scriptural. It's in the Bible. We are not fanatics. And what God is doing here among us during these times of prayer is very sacred and holy to me. Now, I don't know about you, but it is to me. And I cherish to be in God's presence, whether it be in a group, a collective group like this, or whether it be when I am alone with my Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.